Welcome to Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. We're here to help you take your health, fitness, and mindset to the next level. It's time to level up. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. Today we are talking about why your sleep sucks. <laughs> I think rolling off the back end of last week's episode, it's very timely as well. Yeah. I've definitely had a week of rubbish sleep prior to this week. Mm. And my God, you don't, you notice the absence of something, right? Like you oh notice God. the absence of a good night's sleep. You never appreciate a really good night's sleep until you know what the opposite feels like. That's right. And I feel like people who don't get good sleep don't know what they're missing out on. Like, because we know what it's like to have a period of good sleep. I carry on like a little baby when I don't have sleep just because I know. And I I feel angry at myself. Like we're clearly both so passionate about sleep. But what I've learned over the past couple of months with all these life changes is it's actually a commitment and a discipline to get good sleep. Particularly if you don't live on your own. Like I lived on my own. I had my own routine. Don't have kids. Great. I can talk about sleep all day, every day. Throw Mm. in a few um, things that you can't control into the mix. Okay. Now it's a little bit more tough. Yeah. Because obviously you and Paul are now living together and you're sharing a bed with someone and it's not just about you, right? Like I I smile because I get my my way in the bedroom a lot of the times with the air con (laughs) on and the fan and the pillow between the legs and the don't touch me. That Um, air con kills me. I remember we stayed um, when we stayed in the Gold Coast. I was waking up shivering. I'm like, why am I so cold? And the air con's on exactly 18 degrees. And I'm like, Sherelle. Yeah. So tell me about like what it's like for you then going from being very much solo to mm. now sharing a bed and having to, you know, I guess bend towards someone else's sleep habits. Yeah, it's been interesting because me still being an early bird, I like to get up, do my thing in the morning and then go to bed. Look, I, I used to go to bed around 10 o'clock. Now, if I can go to bed between 10, 10, 45, it's a win. And I'm so happy um, because Paul being a night owl, similar to Luke, right? Luke's a night owl. Yeah. yeah. You have to, I've learned how to um, communicate the differences and come up with a routine that helps both people. Because it's not, yeah, like, I, like, all right, I'm still in the honeymoon period. So you, you've, you've cracked the whip on your routine, which is great, but I'm still in the compromise learning period. Um, mm. So, yeah, basically for my own uh, thing, communication, 100% number one. He knows how important sleep is to me now because otherwise he cops it the next day when I'm cracking it that I didn't have good sleep. Um, and then being disciplined. So I know, okay, I'm not going to watch TV super late. Like that's not going to happen because that winds me up, which we'll talk into strategies down the track. But for me, it's like, right, keep an eye on the clock, nine o'clock, start to wind down, still, still have that quality time together, but just Mm. being disciplined and holding my ground, to be honest. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And you said something really interesting there about the early bird and the night owl thing. Mm. And it's a genuine thing. Like I used to sort of be like, oh yeah, radio, like as if that's a real thing, but like physiologically people that are early birds and night owls, they have different, I guess, um, times that they release melatonin and some of the other um, neurotransmitters and hormones that make us sleepy. So mm. I, and it's the same as like in school, I used to be able to sleep into midday. Were you the same? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. But was that cause you were out partying the night before? No, like even before that, oh. like, I'm talking like even 12, 11, 12. Oh and yeah. The- I'd sleep until 9 45, 10 every day. 
Yeah. And the, there's an actual reason for that. So when you're younger, you're actually, the time that you sleep moves because mm. we get more REM sleep in the early hours of the morning. So physiologically, you know, it doesn't make much sense that we, we're trying to wake up at 6am to get to school. Yeah. So, you know, there's, there's actual reasons as to why we are early birds or night owls um, throughout different periods of our life as well, depending on our environment. And I'm an early bird, um, always have been besides yep. those party days because that's <laughs> uh, self-inflicted. And then Luke's very much a night owl as well. Um, we have sort of molded to try and, you know, sort of meet in the middle there where okay. he might go to bed a little bit earlier and I'll like, you know, stay awake a little bit longer. What so are we, we talking? Like what's earlier for him and later for you well we both go to bed at like say nine right are you serious yes but the difference is i will only be able to read for about 15 minutes before i'm tired whereas he might read for half an hour to an hour and then fall asleep oh so he's still in bed around 10 like asleep around 10 it's taken a little bit of time but it wasn't it wasn't always (laughs) like that however i feel like he's noticed the benefits of doing it yeah he has to realize it on his own i feel though like yeah (laughs) that's great they have to learn their own lesson but you know that's that that's taken a couple years yeah as well it's not just been like he could easily like on school holidays when he was teaching uh we work together now but when he was teaching on school holidays he would easily be up to 11 midnight playing yeah right but again Was it environmental, you know, I wouldn't tell him that, but I'm just not sure. But those night owl early bird things are a definite true phenomenon. Yeah, yeah. And I kind of like it now because I get my time in the morning just to wake up and smash out some work and emails and all that. He gets his time after I go to bed to do the same. So, so is he a works. night out? What time does he go? Oh, yeah, 12.31 sometimes. Oh, wow. Oh, like Real proper. But then he's been sleeping in a little bit longer than yeah. what I would, so I use that morning time. And and that mm. might change, but that's what it is. And But we finally come to something that works. Because at the start when I was, you know, on good behaviour, quote, unquote, I'd stay up a bit later because I wanted to chat and all that. Yeah. But now it's like become a real life thing and we're actually together and all that's like right I need to be disciplined again because I don't feel good breaking my own rules yeah like that's the number one thing like I've set these guidelines for myself that I know serves me well and then deep down no matter under what circumstance I don't feel good unless I've stuck to like um, being authentic to myself and what Mm. feels good for me so yeah yeah communication yeah and and the difference is though Danny is that you will probably get up at the same time regardless of what time you go to bed as an early bird, Mm. whereas a night owl, they can sleep in. Uh, Mm. It's very different in the way that we release like cortisol in the body. So I was the same. I'd be frustrated because Luke could sleep in if he wanted to. And that's how I feel like you know you're sort of more like a night owl. Luke could sleep in, whereas I would be up still at 4.35 a.m. being like, great, I didn't get to sleep till midnight. And I'm the one who feels like shit because as an early bird, you suffer. Yeah, yeah. So what do you notice if you don't get a good night's sleep? Oh, shit. What don't I notice? <laughs> I guess um, like physiologically, like in terms of the, my body, um, my training is definitely um, subpar, like strength. Mm. I won't be able to um, usually get to working sets or working weights as easily. Yeah. Um, mentally, I struggle with focus a mm. lot. Mm. I'll just find that I'll burn out a lot easily. Um, short temper, short fuse, appetite goes up as well. Yeah of things that you know impact when you get a few rubbish night sleeps but what i will say is i'm usually fine with one night right yeah like 
for sleep, it really starts to impact you when you accumulate um, rubbish nights over a period of time. That's yep. what impacts you more physically. One bad night's sleep, you can usually get away with it if you don't have like a huge sleep debt. Yeah. Um, that's why, like, for, for, say, for example, if anyone um, lists, like is doing shift work in our future or previous episodes um, that I spoke about night duty, you know, you could stay up for 36 hours straight and still feel mm. fine, mm. you know, because you're going into those that stint feeling well. But yep. if you were already sleep deprived, you know, it accumulates and that's when it really starts cutting into your quality of life. Yeah. And, and one thing that I also just uh, reflected on as you were talking was I remember when I was younger and we would go out and have a night out and have fun. Or even now, if I go out for a nice dinner, have some laughs and, and do all that. And let's just say I got five, six hours sleep. My next day wouldn't be as affected as if I got five, six hours sleep just from like having a poor sleep. So if I'm doing something really fun and exciting and energizing, I don't get as affected the next day. Like, what is that? Is that psychology or is that like, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I totally, I totally mm. hear. I think people underestimate how powerful our mind is yeah. when it comes to those sorts of things. So, you know, I think we've all misloaded the barbell incorrectly and thought it was a lighter weight and all of a sudden hit a PB frictionless. Yeah, yeah. You know, if, if you're going out and filling the tank up, you know, social engagement, laughing, mm. having a good time, like feeling creative, like giving back to yourself. It's sort of like energizing, energizing you and worth it. And like, mm. you're like, okay, cool. I wasn't just like scrolling on my phone at 12 a.m. Yeah. Like, of course, I'm going to feel like shit. And mm. I think as well, like you're probably not reflecting on your sleep being like, this is horrible. My day is going to be wrecked now. You're probably like happy that you did it. Yeah. Yeah. Spot on, I suppose. And then that's one thing about the, um, when you're tracking your sleep and it comes up in red, like Mm. psychologically, it's like, oh no, I'm going to have a bad day, blah, blah, blah. So I've also tried to catch myself out on that and, and reframe and say, look, all right, cool. I didn't get my optimal amount of sleep that I would like. What can I do different tonight? Yeah. Change it. All right. I'll be disciplined. And instead of watching a whole movie, um, I'll just watch half an hour or something or not even watch TV. I'm just Ooh. using TV as an example because that's our new little thing. We've started watching um, Our Planet on mm-hmm. Netflix. It's like a David Attenborough spin-off of his movie or vice versa, and it's just so nice. That's what I've been mm-hmm. using to calm down, just looking at the animals in the water. There's mm-hmm. the, ca- the occasional animal that gets eaten, but I don't look because I hate all that <laughs> stuff. It's sad. That. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, what was I going to say? Something I do a lot with my girls in coaching is um, in regards to bedtime routines and wind down sort of schedules. I do mm-hmm. a lot of education around sleep, for example. Yep. And something I found was that I was sort of educating so much on sleep and how it can impact us and how important it is to have as a boundary that it was sort of going against some of the girls that perhaps they wouldn't get a good night's sleep and they might think, oh, well, like I'm going to be shit today in the gym, didn't feel yeah. So, so then I, I sort of had to come back and be like, okay, we're having another webinar. I'm going to talk about like what it actually means when you've had one bad night's sleep, mm-hmm. you know, and that's why I was saying it's a, it's an accumulative thing. Like yeah. if you have one shit night's sleep, you can usually still go in and crush it. Like if mm. anything, you might be more sympathetically like firing. You might feel like more energized with adrenaline. Yeah. Whereas like I said, it's it's like if you're getting time and time again, one, that's in our control, isn't it? Like when mm-hmm. we're eating behaviours, that's when it accumulates. Um, and two, that's when you might be like, okay, maybe I need a refeed. Maybe I need to tell my coach this is happening. Maybe I need to change training. Maybe yep. I need to 
you know, do certain interventions, that's when those things come in, become important. Yeah, for sure. And it's definitely a quality of life thing. I mean, you need to reflect mm. on, and we've spoken about this before, like a lot of people wake up, go to work, come home. They need to do things around the house, hardly get to wind down, aim to get optimal sleep. And then the grind goes and goes again. And that's not a good quality of life for a lot of people. So sometimes you need to compromise on one hour sleep just so you can do something fun, go out for a nice dinner, um, do something that you enjoy as well to get energized that way too. So it's really about reflecting on um, and fixating less on the amount of hours, but then also recognize the amount of hours that can allow you to have a beautiful quality of life too. Mm, yeah, hundred percent. And I'm a massive advocate for naps. Like huge. You've been having a lot lately. Yeah, I, eh? I, I, I nap. Yeah. I nap. I always have. Like even with shift work, I've always napped. Yeah. Um. I just think it's a fantastic strategy, and I don't know why society sort of demonizes it. Even like a lot of the sleep researchers will like advocate having short periods of naps to sort of restore yourself over like say a coffee instead so if I feel that like a wave come on and I've got that flexibility where I'm like you know I've got 20 minutes or half an hour like the old me would have been like oh it's not long enough but now I know it's like the perfect time you can and I'm great seriously Mm -hmm. PhD and napping I can fall asleep (laughs) like 30 seconds yeah. i'll challenge Luke. i'll be like all right i'm just gonna get 23 minutes sleep and he'll yes. be like no you're not and i'll be like i'll show you <laughs> and then I, it'll come off of my ring that i've um that i've had a little bit of a siesta but it's yes. so and i wake up and i'm like i'm not groggy because it's it's not a full sleep cycle you just stay yep. in the right stage of sleep yeah i feel energized like better than having a long black and it just perks me up and it doesn't impact my sleep that night Yep. Very good. And for those who don't have the flexibility to have a nap every day, um, you can definitely just remove stimuli. So let's just say you're working in the office, um, go to a quiet area or even outside, you know, and just um, put your phone away and just remove the amount of thoughts in Mm. your mind. So Mm. quote unquote meditation type thing, breath work, or even just sit outside, closing your eyes and and focus there. So um, the less stimuli that we have in, the more that our body can rest and recharge without actually falling asleep too. Mm. So that's another option there. And it works so well. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess we've got some like some dot points about, you know, what could be destroying your sleep as well. I know every time I talk about sleep in my story, I get a lot of questions about how can I improve this or what do you do for that or Mm. et cetera, et cetera. And we have touched on sleep in the past, um, but specifically we're just going to talk about some of the things that might be um, impacting it more so. Yeah, and I just had a flashback of when we did record that sleep episode in my house on the couch on a Saturday night, and then you and I were both like falling asleep when we were recording it. Um, but different <laughs> situations today, so yeah, light and screen time. Mm. It is, yeah, it's, and I really recognise this too now that I've been watching a little bit of my David Attenborough at night time. It's still important to not make that the last thing that happens before bed. Um, yeah. yeah. I normally have like a, at least an hour policy of like light and um, you know, something I was listening to on a podcast from David Huberman is a lot of people talk about blue light as being like this bad thing and we need to just shut out blue light, but he's saying it's not just blue light, it's light in general. It's all 
light. So it's not just from your screen. And this is why you're saying, look, even dimming it down to the amber, like it's usually not enough. We need to be actually removing all lights and screen times in yeah. general. Yeah. Um, and I definitely notice a massive difference as well, especially wearing blue light blockers. Oh, you know, yeah, your, sun, your glasses. <laughs> I haven't spoken about this yet because I was like, I'm going to trial these for six months before yep. I even tell anyone about these because I see mm. people wearing them and yeah, I've had yeah. this thing about it where I'm like you got them for ten dollars and <laughs> not even amber like what yeah. are you doing oh it's improved my quality of sleep how do you know how yeah. do you tell yep. me how you because oh, you feel better placebo mm. yeah, anyway, yeah so yeah. I'm, I'm funny when it comes to that sort of stuff but I brought the <laughs> these ugly ones and they weren't cheap right <laughs> they remind me of something from the 70s that the hippies would wear <laughs> I know like to some 70s porno to see yeah. what's now um that's what I feel like too yeah where like, so ugly um but look it's like anything the uglier you know usually all the more expensive the more effective right <laughs> the uglier the more <laughs> I was wondering what saying was going to come out of your mouth. The uglier it's or like, the more expensive. It's like your mockies, you know, they're not the most beautiful thing to look at, but by God, do they do a good job at keeping your foot warm. <laughs> mockies for the, the the overseas people, like, well, what the hell are they on about? Like Ugg boots? <laughs> yeah, like Ugg boots. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, but okay, yeah, so glasses. Yeah, and I was reading something really interesting Um about amber so amber obviously that orange color and they were talking about amber in itself um and I, I don't know the full physiology behind it but the color itself makes us more relaxed so think about when you go to camping and you're looking at a fire you mm. know how it flickers and it's that color mm. that it's like meditating for our eyes and our brain so nice. they were saying that with salt lamps there is actually something that we can't see with the naked eye but there is a little flicker to that color as mm. well inside the salt lamps yeah and that's why a lot of people um can feel more relaxed when yep. salt lamps i don't own one i'm looking that. at mine right now i love my yeah, salt lamp it's know. it's real salt i've licked it to test and it's like proper salt yeah Gross. <laughs> So yeah, go buy salt lamp, lick that up. Um, <laughs> lick I have one of those, right. look, call me grandma, but there I have go. one of those reading lights that go over my book. Yes. And it's amber, right? Mm. So it's great, but because I look over at Luke's, yes, we are that couple. That's I look cute. over at Luke's and it's like a normal light. And whereas oh. when mine, it actually makes me tired. So it's sort of frustrating because I can't get through a book. Um, mm. But I'm like, that's what I'm noticing with this color. I'm like, oh, the blue light block is having that color is important. The salt yep. lamps, when people dinner, lighting a candle, all those sorts of things are really therapeutic to help us actually relax and fall asleep. Yeah, and it's interesting you brought that up because um, at the gym we were um, changing the the lights, or Paul was anyway, because that we had dim coloured lights. And I didn't say anything, but in my head, I'm like, fuck, I'm falling asleep. Like, it's, yeah. it's dark in here. Like, it sets an amazing mood. But then yesterday the electrician came in and, and changed the lights to a more bright light and it just mm. changed everything because they were that amber colour. Mm, there um, you go. And one thing that I do at home as well is not have all the ceiling lights on. So yeah. it's important to help us sleep, like have lights down low mm -hmm. to match the horizon as well. So if you do have a little lamp or a salt lamp, mm -hmm. try not to put all the bright ceiling lights on, just mm -hmm. have a little one. And that really changes it for me too. Yeah. Do you know something you can do is actually just go and get red cellophane and put it around like the thing of your lamp. And turn Would it, it catch red. fire? 
No, not if, well, if you put it straight out of the bulb, it might get hot. <laughs> but if you just put it around your lamp, because oh, you, know, you can buy like. Waste red, love cellophane. Yeah, red light. You can actually buy red light for that reason. Yep. It's used a lot. And Lindy, who will talk to us about this with light therapy, but the red light is very healing um, for a lot of people. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about that because I can't explain it because we've been using red light. LED I've had that done yeah. yeah wild but light That's is so cool. powerful because our our eyes are an extension of our brain right yep. so if we look into something that's stimulating or if we see something that excites us it's going to release those neurotransmitters and hormones to actually amp up our our autonomic nervous system as well Mm. And naturally, when the sun's down, we're meant to be sleeping. So if we keep all these lights on, it creates an effect that Mm. our body thinks, excuse me, that the sun's still up as Mm. well. So we technically need to match that. Well, that's an early bird talking here. And I would be like, bullshit. But, you know, yeah, match the sun. Yeah, and um, I think everyone's very aware of phones, you know, like... Even we with- all say it, but who really does it? I'm disciplined. We yeah. don't keep ours in our room, right? Yeah, I don't. No um, way. But like sometimes you can catch yourself, right? Like you can catch yourself. Um, There's something that, and I noticed this because um, like I do a a lot of habit work with my girls and a lot of them are just working towards being able to put their phone away. So I am empathetic towards that. It is a very difficult habit to break because technology is there to grab your attention. Mm -hmm. apps they they load at addiction times and people post at certain times because they know you're there and scroll like it's it's so easy to get hooked into it and yeah seriously I feel it the pull too you feel you so it takes a conscious effort to be able to to break off that because they literally like Apple and all these big brands they have people employed to manipulate you yep yep Exactly. Everything about the phone is designed to um, create addiction. Mm. Yeah. So just being aware of that is number one. And then just, you don't have to say, okay, no phone two hours before bed or one hour, just aim to, if, if it is a problem for you and you're not satisfied with your sleep, okay, that is a big variable that you can play around with. If it helps you wind down or if you spend time watching videos of something that relaxes you, great, (coughs) keep it there. Uh, Oh, you you actually cough there. No, no. (laughs) That was a bullshit cough. Yeah, yeah. You don't reckon? I reckon some people need to switch off through... I'm watching, scrolling through reels and watching videos isn't going to do that. Yeah, okay. It might feel nice. It Mm -hmm. might feel nice, but I'm just trying to take into consideration all the factors. But yeah, in an ideal world, I wouldn't do it. Yeah, I wouldn't do it. I think we're just gonna rather than saying I can't do this, we're just gonna replace it. Do you know what I mean? Just gonna Mm -hmm. replace it with a book, or replace it with skincare, or replace it with something else. But a book doesn't show funny cats running around. I know. Well, it might. Well, yeah. Yeah, actually. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So just just right before you go to bed, try and stop or at least just pop your phone in the other room. Yeah. Even if they you start with half an hour. Even if you start half with an half an hour, just put mm. your phone away half an hour before you aim to be in bed and see how you feel. Collect the evidence and then yeah. prove it to yourself, you know. You've yeah. got to give things enough time um, to actually have an impact for you to feel like they're working and then reward yourself and then go again. You know, you don't yeah. just start out by saying, okay, we'll phone away at like 7.30 because no. it's not probably going to be realistic for a lot of people. Yeah, and if there are things that you need to address at like 10, 11 p.m. on your phone, that's like an email or work or something, you haven't planned your day well enough or you've just put way too much on your plate. 
Like you, you should be able to be in a position where you don't have to work 24 yeah. yeah. seven, you yeah. know, plan your days better. Yeah. I have a lot of coaches as clients and that's something that I'm like, look, what are you doing working yep. this late? Why are you getting, and then it's like, sometimes I used to get myself caught in that pickle and I'm like, yeah, yeah. far out, take your own advice. Cheryl. Yeah. Cause then your clients see you responding at 11 yeah. PM and it's kind of like, fuck, then they think that you're that accessible or they think that you've just got poor time management. So yeah. as a professional as well, we need to set those boundaries and guidelines too. Yeah, yeah mm. absolutely. And the next thing is um, having dinner too close to bed. So mm. when we eat, for example, blood needs to redirect to our digestive tract to turn on like our digestive system to be able to metabolize that food. And that process is like expensive in the body and that it you know ramps up your heart rate, ramps up your respiratory rate, activates um, your nervous system to be able to digest that food. And yep. that in itself can keep you awake for longer than what you would like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then that's definitely, I've noticed that as well, but then sometimes if I do have a late dinner, I just make sure it's not too heavy. Mm. Um, so the type of food can change too. A lot of people come home from the gym late or, and you need to eat after you train uh, or finish work a bit late. Yeah. Rather than spending like three hours awake after you eat, just change what you do eat after work. Don't have something root, like a big steak that'll just take hours to digest type thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like mm. instead of steak, you might have mince, which is partially processed. You might mm -hmm. change up the way that you eat or you might have dinner before you train and then just have a protein shake when you get home. Mm -hmm. I think it's just, you know, smashing big amounts of food before you go to bed, it does impact the quality of your sleep. Uh, unless you use um, a reliable tracker, you probably won't notice it. Um, yep. I know it's sort of something that can go you know, swept under the rug is like about meal timing and all that sort of stuff. But it does, it does impact sleep quite a lot. And I guess this is just the optimal, you know, it's not always practical to yeah. have an hour or two before you go to bed, but it just means like, okay, well, if you know that you're not going to get home from the gym till eight o'clock, maybe you could have dinner before you train or your heavier meal before you train the hour before. And mm. then, like I said, just have something lighter when you get home that's partially processed. Yeah, yeah. But then there's the art to it as well to not eat too early before bed and then you go to bed hungry. And that's way worse for me. I oh, hate me going too. to bed hungry, right? I think we all do because um, then it's so much harder to fall asleep or you when wake you, up in the night hungry. When you know what real hunger is, oh, I'm God. sad thinking about it. Have you started mm. prep? When are you starting prep? Yeah, well, by starting prep, I've added in half an hour just on the bikes, like answering messages. Yes. <laughs> so that's very oh, low-level cardio, a walk to go get coffee in the morning. Just, again, I'm, I'm actively moving more um, mm. and then I'm hitting my macros now. Like there's no, oh, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Like I'm back into it. If I'm going out to dinner, I'm pre-planning. Like, yeah, so I'm just putting those puzzle pieces together and already yeah. I've seen awesome results as you do when you stick to your plan um, or process 100%. Mm. Uh, in terms of being in a deficit, not yet. I think another mm. two, three weeks. But I'm starting mm. to feel the hunger. But it's nice because, yeah, like what you and I are doing, we start quite early to transition into it. We add one little process every week or a couple of new things um, and it works quite well. So, yeah, I'm really zoning in now. And we've got a few July competitors popping in and out of the gym and, and I'm starting to hear the language again and seeing people yeah. posing again. And it's like, okay, I'm fucking, oh, I'm ready. Fire. I'm yeah. ready. Yeah. yeah. How are you I going? 
I think everyone goes through that teething pain. That's what I call it, yep. teething pain. Yeah. Like, oh, this friction, I don't yep. do that. And yep. that's when you start like being like, oh, my alarm's off and I've got to go do cardio or, okay, yep, I've done 10,000 steps, I've still got two more or yep. like whatever whatever it might be. It's these little friction things and you yep. just got to get back into it uh, and take your time doing that. You know, it is a switch. Actually, it's not a switch. It's a dial. You know yep. how we say to love that. Yep. Turn it up, turn it down. You know, you can't just blast your speakers, you know, all year round. It needs to gradually go up and down so it's not such a shock to the system. Yeah. And you know what else I've been doing now? Just as soon as I finished my last meal, brush my teeth because whatever yeah. you eat after that's oh. going to taste like shit. Peppermint so, tea. Peppermint oh, tea is pepper. my go-to. Looks like you're drinking toothpaste. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> that's <laughs> the point because then I'm not hungry. Yeah, um, yeah. How soon do you drink your tea before you go to bed though? That's what I've had to stop too. Like, because I don't want to, a lot of us wake up in the night and go to the toilet, but then I suppose we're talking about food. Liquids too close to bed too makes a difference. Yeah. This is something that happens to me I can't avoid it um, when I start dieting because when you do get lean, it impacts the way that your um, aldosterone, which is a hormone released like where your kidneys to filter Mm. fluid, it impacts that. So that's why when you start dieting, you get leaner, you'll notice that you start peeing more despite changing fluid. Um, Mm. The other thing is I, um, I used to do this all the time, regardless of being like, why am I peeing so much during the night? And since I've started working with Abby, she's like, fix that. I don't know how it works, but I, I don't, I don't pee during the night anymore is it because you're having a deepest i find if i have a real deep sleep i don't wake up to go to the toilet no i was routine 2 a.m uh and then about 4 a.m i would always pee and i was like what's this and she's like adrenals i don't know adrenals yeah Yeah, so um few needles few herbs and i tend to not pee too much during the night um when i'm dieting my um tea consumption and low calorie beverage consumption definitely goes up of course i find just a couple of hours um i will only sip after dinner uh, and maybe have a cup of tea and then usually empty my bladder beforehand yep um which is you know two three hundred mils in your bladder when you feel like you need to go you -hmm. should be pretty good until the early hours of the morning Yep. Yep. Are you going to have um, any sugar-free drinks this time around? Because I remember last time, which was nearly two years ago, by the time we get on stage again, you cut out all the artificial sweeteners and Mm. and Coke Zero and all that. Are you going to implement that this time around or are you now? I will. Yeah, I will. So I wanted to get rid of it. Um, like my last prep, which was two years ago, seems like a long time. I was having a lot of digestive issues like throughout that prep. And I I didn't know, like I have a few inklings that it might've been to do with the contraception as well. And a few other things because it like when I got that out and then when I removed the artificial sweeteners, it just, they, they completely went, I have not had digestive issues since, um, like probably two weeks post-comp um so I wanted to just get rid of them because towards the end of the prep they were just very much a reliance sort of like a need that through the day and I'm just like I don't need it in a surplus I don't Mm. need it you know I Mm. I should I shouldn't be having like significant cravings where I feel like I need to have like a sugar-free drink to kill that um I would actually just rather have some real soft drink and which I know my system wouldn't do so (laughs) Yeah. Um, so I will definitely implement it again now that I don't have digestive issues going on yeah. and just monitor that. Yeah. Um, and then usually like I cut out all artificial sweeteners, all sauces, all those sorts of things, probably about six weeks out. 
Yeah, yeah, because they just take up calories. And then if your digestion is hindered, like from excessive caffeine, artificial, um, yeah, sugar-free things, or even like aminos and all chemicals, you're not going to be pulling the nutrients from the limited amount of food that you are eating anyway. So it makes it 10 times worse. So like you, I'll cut it out towards the back end. But until then, it's kind of nice. I've stopped having amino acids because I don't know, I went through, which we spoke about last time, last episode, like my skin was breaking out. And for me right now, the less artificial things, the Mm. better, Um, particularly things colored red. I don't know, like that red food dye, red red aminos and and all of that. For me personally, Mm. I'm cutting them out Mm. Um, because you look at the ingredients list and it's kind of like, oh, God. Did you see my story? That vanilla vanilla slice. slice? Yeah, what was that? That was like a freaking essay. Yeah, I just thought I went to this bakery that was um, for everyone that missed it. I went to this bakery around the corner that's like homemade pastries and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, I do this thing when I'm dieting, I always buy Luke shit. Like just, I'll, oh, I yeah. can't have it. So I'll go and buy a block of chocolate. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I went and bought him a vanilla slice and Luke's anaphylactic to nuts. And I was, so I was just like, do I have any peanuts in it? Um, and she was like, oh, I'll just print you out the ingredients list. Uh. One, I think, is a fab thing. I've never yep. seen anyone be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it must help people that have, like, you know, gluten sensitivities and all these sorts of things so much because mm. people that have sensitivities, they're just not taken seriously, like, if no you're anaphylactic way. to nuts. And it's such a shame because it's still so uncomfortable to have digestive issues regardless or IBS. Well, it's because it, I feel like everyone's throwing it around that they have sensitivities when they don't. Yeah, everyone's gluten-free, everyone's this, everyone's that. Well, what about the actual people who actually are, you know? Yeah, yeah. that's why. It's been diluted. Yeah, yeah so true. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so she printed me off. It looked like a receipt and it was probably like, you know, the size of my palm long, mm-hmm. um, just full of ingredients, so colouring. And it, I just thought, wow, like there's so much junk in there. I didn't show Luke that. Um, <laughs> no nuts as long as there was no nuts yeah I was gonna say I was like any peanuts I think the most important thing to notice is that you just don't know what's in a lot of stuff and it's not bad it's just you need to know because you don't know what you don't know right so we're not curious about food products there were things in there I couldn't even pronounce it would have been all like the gelatin and the set like right so if that Technically, a vanilla slice, from what I'd imagine, shouldn't have a long shelf life because it's got custard in the middle and that shouldn't really last out of the fridge. No. The milk solids, like that's what it is. If your food has a long shelf life, it's going to have artificial things in there. Mm. Well, I sort of thought, okay, this looks very different to the ingredients list in Nan's cookbook, doesn't it? Mm. Like when you look Mm. at that, right, there's like, you know, five, six ingredients, like egg, butter, milk. This is why I'm like... There is nothing wrong with going home and having some of grandma's slice. Like it is Mm. 10 times better than the stuff that we buy in the supermarket that hits your macros. And this is what I get so, like I'm like, macros isn't everything, you Mm. know, like macros Mm. isn't everything. There's nothing wrong with sugar. There's nothing Mm. wrong with butter. Mm. There is something wrong with sweeteners, 65927 (laughs) chemical that I can't even pronounce. Because how can our body process something it doesn't actually understand? Yep, exactly right. Because it's, yeah, man-made ingredients. Um, yeah. But I feel like, again, as we always say, this will be another podcast episode. <laughs> Very good tangent. So don't eat too close to bed, but also not too far away. And yeah. fluids, that's where we're on. Um But yes, very good information there. But, you know, every now and then, great. But if you're wondering why you don't have digest, like optimal digestion, yeah, might be worth yeah. considering that point there. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, okay, coming up, psychological stress. Mm. Yes, when you're highly wound and you wake up at 3 a.m. in the morning and your brain's wired and more energized than when you fell asleep, uh, I feel like we've all been through that. Mm. I feel like that's what last week's episode was all about. Mm. You know, you were talking about as well being out of routine and traveling with your workshops and seminars and how that throws you out, you know, and I've been thrown out with releasing Train with Sherelle and how that's sort of been like, is this done? Is that done? Is that organized? Is that going to be okay? You know, sort of just worrying and I can sit, look back in hindsight and be like it's so funny how we spend so much of our life concerned about either the future or the past yeah and that's where mindfulness and everything comes in before bed and trying to just switch back on and sort of say to yourself you know it's the end of the day I've done all I can everything can wait for tomorrow so yes being able to like wind down not just physically but also mentally is an integral part to sleep hygiene yeah, yeah, and that's right. Um, what have you worked on recently to help you wind down? Or what's helped you wind down from last week? Mm, I feel like whenever your stress ramps up, you need to adopt um, things or turn up the volume, so to speak, on those um, mindfulness interventions more so. So yeah. for me, I don't journal every day, but I have no. been for the last week. Okay. Um, so getting back into that as well as reading. Luke and I don't bring work to the bedroom anymore. We used to have conversations in bed about work and I was like, I just we uh, park this. Yeah. Um, so now we more so just reflect on what went well for the day, yep. close that conversation, and then um, try and go to bed. So for yep. me, reading is just such an important part in my routine as well as just going back to my fundamentals of winding down the hour before I go to bed. So nice. blue blockers have been great. Um, like I said, charging my phone out of the bedroom, which I normally deviate to, mm-hmm. tidying up a little bit. So it helps yeah. with, like, put my clothes out for the next day, make sure my desk is okay and do yeah. my skincare and just winding down, like telling my body you're about to go to bed, start winding down and then mm. air con on 18 degrees and mm-hmm. Bob's uncle. <laughs> Bob's your uncle indeed. <laughs> Great. And they're all brilliant strategies. And I like how you said you don't journal every day, but you've needed to in the past week. So you've chosen that tool there. And I think that is really important to reiterate because a lot of people get stressed out by the idea that they're not journaling, not meditating, mm. this, that, that's not optimal. Well, no, we're just talking about tools that we use mm. when we need them and take ownership and do the same. So recognize you don't need to be doing all these things. Mm. Otherwise it'll be a full-time gig and your day will be gone. Yeah. Choose what you need and when. Yeah. Okay. I haven't journaled in a very long time. I haven't switched on headspace in a very long time, but for me, my meditation and stress reduction is taking things off my plate. I'm still working the same amount of hours, but the nature of my work has changed and I'm allowing myself to be creative. I'm being more disciplined Uh, switching off from work a little bit earlier um, and just changing things that way too because I know if my plate's too full just like anyone it Mm. never ends and you're always going to be working forever you'll reach a financial goal you'll want more you'll reach a status goal you'll want more like it never ever ends so just catch yourself yeah. Yeah. It's really important to, to break yourself. And I've definitely been tra- um, trapped in that sort of if and when model, like when mm-hmm. this happens or if this happens, I'll be happy. I'll be able to sleep better. I'll be able to. And you, like what you said, you're, it's not, you're just always going to end up chasing the horizon if you don't reflect about what's going well now. Yep. And that's why I find like reflection verbally like with Luke, like, oh, what went really well today? Or mm-hmm. what are you proud of? Or I do that a lot in my coaching calls and just actually recognizing 
what's gone well instead yep. of going to bed and be like, oh, I didn't get this done, I didn't get that done. And and I think as well it just comes down to being more self-compassionate with yourself. And yep. like I said, I have literally say to myself, you're one woman and you're doing a good job. You know, and I just think Beautiful when, mantra, you, when, you, yeah, yeah. when you say it to yourself, because you are doing your best and, mm. you know, for all, everyone listening to that, I bet you're doing your best too and you can't actually do any more than that. Yeah, yeah. And if you have some areas that you know you're sort of dropping the ball on, okay, doesn't mean you're a bad person. Take ownership, have that growth mindset and say, yeah, look, I did waste three hours of my day just mucking around and not making decisions. Cool. I can use my time a little bit better. Tomorrow, I will put my phone away and actually sit down and be disciplined and finish my work. Mm. You know, just find strategies for yourself. People often say to me, oh, you're so bubbly and happy and all that. And obviously, I put... I put a lot on social media, but not everything. So I, I'm glad I come across that way, but I'm human and mm. I feel emotions too, highs, lows, sad, whatever. But you sit in it for a little bit and say, okay, why do I feel this way? What can I do next? And that's it. And then you just get on with it. Yeah, 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 exactly. Mm. Growth mindset rather than being victimized, rather yep. than being like, poor me. Fuck that. I hate when people do that, being like, poor me. You yep. need to be like, okay, what can I do differently next time? Forgive yourself yep. and then move on. Yep. Forgive yourself and move on. I love that. I love that. Cool. Uh, and I feel like we sort of spoke, uh, we've spoken a bit about wind down routines. So this is something that I think everyone should set individually on their own based on what's in their environment, what their lifestyle's like, what, what like, the, you know, their partners, like all these sorts of things will help you create your own bedtime routine. Just yep. like we have a morning routine, our bedtime routine to close the day is just as important as how we start it. Yeah, yeah, because the energy that you take to bed will carry on into the night and into the next morning mm. as well. And I'm not saying that shit doesn't happen and you don't have to go to bed super happy and productive and, oh, everything's amazing. Well, no, just be realistic. Give yourself that space to be self-aware. Come up with strategies or a better plan going ahead. But, yeah, give yourself that mindset time, no matter what it looks like. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And something like I like to do, even if it's to put me asleep, like just to help me get to sleep, it's like just a bit of meditation. And I know a lot of people, you know, sort of brush it off or perhaps say it's not useful or whatever. But breath work, meditation, tuning into your body is like the gateway to our parasympathetic nervous system. It's the one way, the only way that we can slow our body down. So yep. if you're someone who is highly activated all the time, like me, like you, Danny, I'm mm. freaking always, you know, activated. Um, we have to consciously do the opposite. We have to consciously wind ourselves down. And this is why I naturally deviate towards journaling and reading and reflection and that slower pace stuff. Mm. Uh, and I'm not saying that's for everyone, but I'm saying it's just about like, what do you feel like you need to be able to switch off? It's yep. definitely putting your phone away so that you don't feel accessible and all this stimuli coming mm. in that's going to make you addicted to it mm -hmm. um, and it's definitely choosing something to make you more aware with yourself whatever mm. that might be it could be having a cup of tea on your own mm. like just sitting in silence or mm. playing some music or washing your face yeah whatever you make it to be yeah and and coming off the back end of washing your face for me my nights over when I've had my shower I don't have a shower and then do more work anymore. And I've just sort of recognized that I do this. I, I finish working, laptop, blah, blah, blah. Okay, time to have a shower. Pajamas come on. I'm, that's it. That's yep. it. And that's my way to wind down. 
I, a lot of people have thoughts in the shower and I used to be, I used to always be thinking, but I use shower time to be present. Yeah. That's like my meditation. I don't have a bathtub. That would be the optimal and the ideal. Um, but yeah, shower time for me is like done. Shower and brush your teeth. We've done eating and done done with working. Yeah. I'm the same, except in the, I'm like shower. I like speak to myself in the shower. No. <laughs> <laughs> just like, <laughs> yeah, showers definitely. I probably shouldn't have told everyone that, but I definitely What do, do you say? I want to know. I, I I am massive on speaking to myself. Like I will, um, I will like if I've been thinking about doing something, I'll like sort of like I'm having a conversation with myself, I guess, rather than thinking it, I'll speak it out loud. Lucas sometimes be like, "What did you say?" And I'm like, "Nothing." No. <laughs> I'm just talking to myself. But um, yeah, good. talking to yourself or like writing <laughs> third person letter to yourself, you know, really useful to be able to sort of get things off your chest. I definitely mm. do that in the shower because I feel like no one's there, and then all of a sudden Luke's like, "What?" And I'm like, "Nothing." <laughs> Some people sing. I remember um, when I bought that new speaker from, there's this cool waterproof speaker from Kmart that I that I bought and I was having the best time singing, but then my neighbour could hear oh, everything. God. I'm like, fuck. She loved it though. One of my best friends anyway at the time. Not that, not that we're not best friends. I just don't live there anymore. Um, yeah, shower time's great. Use it for whatever you want. Yeah, whatever <laughs> you want, whatever you want. Um, but yeah. Just some of the other things that I was going to rattle off as well um, was just like previous experiences with, I guess, augmenting your own sleep through sleeping aids such as sleeping pills, diazepam, Valium. Um, I've used so many of those in the past with shift work. Um, Valium. Yeah, Valium is diazepam. I don't know if we should encourage this. No, I'm not. Oh, don't do it. (laughs) I was going to say. I'm saying don't do it. Um, (laughs) The thing I wanted to say was that um, because I do know that we have a lot of shift workers sort of listening to this. Just like contraception is thrown around for missing a period, you know, Valium and diazepam are thrown around for disordered sleeping behaviours. God. Um, You'd yeah, get so addicted to that shit. Oh, yeah, it feels good. Um, even when I had my boobs done, did you get diazepam? Yeah, but I didn't take any of it because oh, I knew I it was. I was like, di- damn, the prescription's up. Oh, <laughs> I should have given you mine. I did not touch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should have. Because <laughs> it, like, it relaxes your entire body, including muscles. So yeah. when you've had surgery, they might give it to you to relax muscle spasms. Like yeah, yeah. Spasms. So it actually calms you down um, sort of physiologically but from my experience your sleep data does not improve just because you're asleep so Mm. i just because i can get eight hours the quality might be only like at 50 percent in comparison if i got six hours or five hours the quality would still be higher so yeah I think it's just so important to not jump for quick pills and quick fixes to try Mm. all of the above yeah for a long time consistently mm. and not just resort to sort of like sleeping aids um, yeah. to fix screen time or, you know, food things or psychological stress. Yeah, yeah. Or your physical environment where you're sleeping, the kind of mattress, pillow. Mm. We haven't actually really spoken about all of that, but um, the clothes you wear, are you too hot, are you too cold, socks on, mm. socks off, pants on, pants off, yeah. Um, whatever. Yeah, so there are so many other things that you can try before you go to the GP and get a script. Yeah. 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 
I sleep in um boys jocks and loose. I love seeing t-shirt. your sleep fashion. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so good. Can't sleep. Luke hates it because he's got like no jocks. He, we go through like 26. <laughs> <laughs> Can but you then, buy your own men's jocks or it's oh, not the same? It's not the same. You like having Luke's um yeah. sweaty jocks on. No. <laughs> <laughs> They're clean. That's They're the clean. problem. They're clean. So he's like, where's all my jocks? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and then just a big shirt. You know, I laugh because yeah. everyone's got this cute like Peter Alexander set. And I'm like, yeah, fuck it, Bond. <laughs> yeah, I wear my little Peter Alexander's again, probably because, you know, the, the honeymoon phase, six years down the track, that might change. <laughs> you wait till you crack Paul's jock's draw. <laughs> might have to give it a try. Oh, geez. Um, yeah, but I think what else have we not spoken about? We've spoken about a lot pretty of much it. I think that's pretty much it. Like, I just think it's so important to understand, like, how important your environment is for sleep. Yeah. Um, in such a fast-moving, paced world, we have to take a conscious control over, yeah. you know, winding down at night because otherwise, of course, like, we'd be on Netflix and Reels and TikTok and whatever else all the kids are doing these days. Until oh, tomorrow. we're not that old. Can we use that phrase? Probably. I don't know. I'm 30 next year, man. <gighs> Big three O, mate. Thirty thirty, but You're until the same age as Luke. There you go. There you go. Mm, interesting. Well. Um, yeah, so definitely recognize that getting optimal sleep is a discipline mm-hmm. and it takes compromise, it takes self-awareness, mm-hmm. um, it takes a lot of trial and error, but it is fundamental mm-hmm. to op- optimal functioning in mm-hmm. and out of the gym to health. You find that you get less sick if you sleep well because that's your time to recover. It is your time to grow muscle with that growth, natural growth hormone that happens. Mm. Um, it's just so important. So, yeah, recognize that you're not going to have the best sleep every night. And this is no. me talking to myself right now too. You're not going to yeah. have the best sleep every night, but if you don't, it's okay. Just keep trying. <laughs> yeah, I think so well said, Danny. so well said. Like don't be disheartened when you have bad night's sleep. It's a forever thing. You know, it's a fun, it's like it's like fitness. Yeah, it's like you're never gonna reach a pinnacle and sort of be like, oh, cool, I'm done now. You know, yeah. you might in certain areas, but we sleep with nutrition, with training. These are things that we get to work on. We get to work on for the rest of our lives to improve at, to figure mm. out what works for us as well. So, mm. you know, we hope that this gave you some ideas or a little bit of a wake up to sort of put your phone down and put it away um but yeah if you did enjoy this episode on sleep please do take a screenshot tag myself tag danielle and of course the level up podcast thank you